0: Today, I'm talking to Sherry Matluck with Compass, a top real estate agent in New York City. Sherry grew up with a family of real estate agents, her mom an agent, and her dad a managing broker. Sherry knows the business all too well. Over the ups, downs, and all the dynamics of our business since her childhood and over the years, she has learned at a core level what being a great agent is all about. Her biggest strength is engaging in her marketing and with her client, on a deep level. She says that that simple and true engagement is what does and always will grow and expand every real estate agent's business. Today, we talk about how she does it. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf Podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it, This podcast is to share knowledge for realtors and raise awareness for give back homes where real estate professionals work together for social good. Jet Centers Aviation, Bentley Atlanta, Legends Global, thank you for your sponsorship. All right, everybody, it's the Jerry Metcalf Podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And Today, we have Sherry Matluck with Compass in New York City where our headquarters are and where we were founded. Sherry, it's so great to have you today. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So first, just tell us a little bit about how you got
1: into the business and where it all started. Um, Okay, so it's kind of in my blood. I I was born into it in a way, um, because my mom's been a real estate agent for over 30 years in South Florida. She, as of the summer, is also a Compass agent, um, but I grew up talking, and my father was the bro, the broker at her office, Okay. and um, I kind of grew up like very traditional dinner, seven o'clock Monday through Friday with the family, no phones at the dinner table, talk about your day, and because real estate has always been something, it's so interesting. Even as a little girl, like, it was a topic of conversation at our, at our dinner table, so ethics, you know, the nuances of the of the deals so or you the know
0: new- the business really well. Yeah. Um <clears throat> from back yeah, then to now.
1: It's always, been in my, it's always been in my in my system. And so when I moved yeah. to me about eight years ago, um I was just ready to kind of move back into the real estate world. I was doing technology sales at the time. So, um, you know, I kind of fell back into it and the rest is So you're in
0: technology sales and then how long have you been back, how long have you been an agent from, so have you been an agent and then in technology sales and an agent or have you just been in?
1: Yeah. Well, when I graduated from college, I worked for a developer and I was licensed in Florida and got and worked for developer for about a year. And then I realized I really wanted like structure and sales training, et cetera. So I went door to door selling to one lines. Wow.
0: Smart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And And not fun or was it fun? It was so fun. I mean, that's where I really got the hustle from because, um, you know, it was a classic sales job out a college where we had sales territories and sales quotas and sales managers and people really, you know, they really taught us sales technique. Yeah. Um, and when I moved to New York at that point, I realized I was ready instead of selling across the desk because I was yeah. selling, you know, this is the value proposition and this is what will make sense for you now with real estate, I'm having an opportunity to sell side by side. You know, yeah. what are your goals? Let me explain and educate um, and help you achieve them. But it's ultimately your decision, unless exactly. um, yeah,
0: that's awesome. So you've been so sales job in technology out of college, and then you got back into you're like officially a real estate agent for how long? In New York, seven years. Seven years.
1: So you've been with Compass for three. No, this April 21st is going to be two years. Okay, great.
0: So you've been kind of like, Compass, is, well, Compass has been in New York for what, four or five? Five, well, that's uh, we started. So six so five, years now. Six, six years. yeah, six years. So you came mm-hmm. in two years in, so Compass was pretty big by then, but still kind
1: yeah. of newish? Or yeah, how- I mean, um, it wasn't as big then as it is now. When I came, we didn't have as many tools. As yeah. we, the collections had just come out when I started at Compass. Um, collections might be my favorite. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's my, it's my absolute favorite tool. Yeah. But, um, you know, when I came, I'd met with Compass at, previously. You know, I met with Compass three years ago, and it wasn't the right time for me to join. Yeah. Um, and then I was at a Tom Ferry event and was feeling, like, uh, just uncertain about my career path. Um, just wow. not feeling... Not feeling like I fit in where I was, I wasn't feeling stimulated, I wasn't feeling supported, and I was greeted actually. Um, at that event, I was greeted by Steve Halpern, who is a good friend of mine, first Compass oh, agent. Oh, awesome! And yeah, I was with him and a bunch of other Compass agents. And I was like, Why am I ignoring this? Every single agent that I've had a positive experience working with and that I actually like is at this company. So, wow,
0: so now here you are at Compass. So being a real estate agent in such a competitive industry and in New York City where it's probably the competitivist industry it is times 10, how do you find your competitive edge and what is
1: your competitive edge? Um, I think my relationships are definitely what, um, you know, keeps me, has you know, keeps me consistent. Yeah. And my ability to really think outside the box and go above and beyond for my clients in every way, shape or form is what sets me apart from some of the other agents that I've either come up against in a listing presentation or when they're meeting with multiple buyer's agents and they're figuring out who to work with. Um, I do have a unique way of building a connection and um, relating to yeah.
0: when it comes well, to their
1: business. Process. And
0: I think you've talked about, like we've talked before, you've talked about you know, when you work with your clients, you always – you have – kind of an ability to find a unique way. I think a lot of agents kind of streamline it and they do the same thing for everyone and everything's scripted. And I would say maybe you have a way of really listening and hearing things differently um, and making them feel connected. And also you may have a way of pinpointing what's important to this client versus this client and really individualizing each client. Would that kind
1: of phrase yeah. kind of sum it up? Um, absolutely. Like um, I remember one one time there's this group of, there's this group of friends that all have a summer share house together, and I sold one of them their apartment three and a half years ago. And at this point, I've sold half of this share house there wow. in New York City. Yeah. And we were sitting at dinner, I did like a client appreciation event for them, and we we're sitting at dinner, and they were one one of the couples that I was working with at the time was, you know, they were, they were thanking me and being really polite, really sweet. And yeah. um, they were saying, how they had met with another agent. And I didn't know this. It was news to me. They're like, well, we had met with another agent um, before we spoke with you and we kept on telling him what we wanted but then he would send us things that really didn't make any sense for us. And then we had this, you know, meet, instead of having a conversation with you, you actually wanted to spend face-to-face time with us and yeah. really go through it together and, you know, we knew that there was no doubt that you would be a better advocate for us to get us where we needed to go.
0: That's awesome. I think a lot of people get in this business thinking, "Oh, it's easy. You put a sign in a yard, you call people, you do a deal, you kind of get between a per- you, got, get, you kind of get in the middle of a transaction and get paid." And it's recognizing that when you come to the table, you're representing somebody in the biggest transaction of their life, big so meaningful and really being an engaged part of that process. What are some fun examples that you might be able to think of of ways you've things you've done and ways you've you know or maybe a better one of two what are some examples of how you've engaged with clients and stories you can share? Or is there a way that you think about your business so that you, cause I think a lot of people maybe get in this business for a long time and they forget their clients or people and that you really connect and have some of it's just in your wiring. Um, um,
1: wow. So don't you love I mean, all my I, questions? I'm just throwing you off. I right? love your no. questions. I mean, I've also had one of the most, Challenging and fulfilling weeks this week. So awesome! I'm, Tell like, us about like, it. Like yesterday, for example. Oh, yesterday, this it'll yesterday, be fun. Yeah. Um. Yesterday, I had a closing with um this couple, Josh and Ryan, and I met with them last Labor Day, like the week the the week after last Labor Day. So it's been a year and a half, and they were the first clients that I decided to start having buyer appointments with, you know, like traditionally I would get a call uh, and just meet. Yes. Them. You know, this was the first time I had somebody come into my office when, you know, I decided to start really fine tuning my process. I love and it. So, and the relationship that we built over the past year and a half, some of the things that we've been through, I mean, they closed yesterday. They've sent me three referrals that I've closed in the past year and a half before I've even sold them their own home. Yeah. and. Like not just, you know, it wasn't just like we were catching up about properties they've seen. We would built such a strong relationship along the way. And I was constantly like touching them. You know, I send, a, you know, I acknowledge the referrals the second I get them, not exactly. just. And so, you know, the, the closing table was great. Like the, the vendors that I use, my attorney, the banker, like everybody. It was such a great closing. And, um, you know, even getting to. We always have some champagne after, and then I, took, I awesome. give them, I make these personal little staging, um gifts for. Oh, people. that's right. I love that. And those sellers were so excited. Like the seller, it was a great meeting of the minds. So let's the tell us. So, were cu- happy. so um,
0: that gives me a couple of things to ask you about. Two things. So, you talked about home staging, but don't go there yet because I want to ask you first about something else. I just don't want to forget that. So, you talked about when you're working with your clients, so many of us, just get a call. They want to go see houses and we just start showing them houses and we don't really ever sit down and make it formal. Um, Do you, when did you decide to do that?
1: Why and how and what difference has it made? Oh, okay. I decided to do that um, the beginning of Labor Day because when I moved over to Compass and started implementing our technology into my day-to-day business, I realized that, I mean, I had more clients to... I had more business, you know. I needed to figure out a better way to manage it, and how to manage my time, how to manage just the process in general, so that I can help people achieve their goals. Mm -hmm. Now, Um, now, part of that, yeah. But on
0: managing time, I think that's interesting because a lot of people would say a lot of people get the call, and for the sake of time, they just go meet them at the house and get them going, and just try to get them in a deal.
1: No, that doesn't work that way, exactly. So tell us about it. Yeah. Well, the better I understand someone. The better job I can do connecting them with the right property mm-hmm. and helping them, you know, avoid going to places that they don't want to go. Um, also, using collections like if I can, if I'm meeting somebody in person and being able to look at list, like connect with them in person, build a search with them in person, look at listings in person, I'm reading their their facial expressions as they're looking at listings. Yeah. So I'm understanding, and I can ask them questions right then and there about why they do or don't like one of the properties that comes up in the search. Well,
0: and I think something that is important is a lot of times people will say one thing, but they're not telling you what's really going on. And when you can read their body language, it, ge- it gives you the triggers without making them feel like, without being invasive to lead, right. to help guide them, to open up and be comfortable, to put you in a situation where you can really
1: help. But it's also like, if we were to have these conversations over email, then I'm a salesperson. What did you think of this? Like it's a back and forth dialogue when you're next to somebody discussing it. It's a conversation. It's a conversation and you become, and then, and then being able to the, you know, I'll, I'll share this analogy. I always explain, you know, to my, to buyers, right. This is a a buyer example. Yeah. Um, When they call, when I have a referral, you know, I set the expectation. We're going to get together. I'm going to share some technology with you. We'll build a search and we'll get to know each other. Yeah. And, um, when we're in person, I explained that our app is like, if Pinterest and Tinder had a real estate baby, this would oh, be I friend. have to write that
0: down. I knew yeah, that t- and it
1: really helps Pinterest, register with clients. Wait,
0: Pinterest and Tinder.
1: Yeah. Cause you get baby? the swiping from the Tinder, like, yeah, like, like, and dislike. And then the ability uh, to have underneath each listing and if Pinterest
0: so what, and Tinder had a baby,
1: had a real estate baby,
0: had a real estate baby collections, yes. Pinterest. Right. Have you ever done like a social media ad on that or anything? Cause you should yeah. like Pinterest and tenders, real estate, baby.
1: I, 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 ha- I haven't yet, but I've done, you know, I've gone and sh- I've shared this with some other agents and, yeah. I and love it, it works really well because I'm at that point training my clients kind of how to communicate yeah. with me on the home buying process. So it allows our time on the phone or over email or over text to be more meaningful about What's going on in the market? How are their kids? What did they really, you know, like what are they excited about? What's shifting in their search versus yeah. what did you like or dislike or what time can we schedule? I mean, and they're just as satisfied because, you know, most of the time there's more than one person involved in the purchase yeah. process. So the yeah. amount of calls, texts, and emails can be a little bit overwhelming. So that is a big part of time management. I'm not expecting my clients to email me about or send me listing or send me text messages about listings they want to see. I know I'm going to get those push notifications on, on the app. On the app,
0: I love what you just said. Call text email. Cause if you met John Zimmerman, he's, he's now a compass agent in Fort Worth, Texas. No, I he's haven't. got a, he's a really like masculine, good old boy, wild. And he's got this little needle pointed pillow on his sofa in his office. This is call text no. email. <laughs> anyway, call text email, but you're taking your call text email and putting it into the compass platform, which is awesome.
1: I'm I'm also like reiterating that I'm not going, you know, they drive the bus, like we can be aggressive or unaggressive as they'd like to be. But, um, when I can understand my clients better when they're using the tool, because I can see how often they're adding listings into the collection and what their comments are. And that means that when I'm calling them, I'm not it's not for It's not to push or to it's not a sales yeah. call. Yeah, that's, like well, that and, and it changes it and then also when they use it as process of elimination, it helps them get
0: to and helps you see what they don't like because that's as important sometimes as what they do like. But I love what you just said. They drive the bus. So it reminds yeah. me a little bit. Have you read the book Energy Bus? Yeah. So Erin Kruger, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, it, she recommended it. Great book. But it's talking about, like, when you're working on a team together. And when you're working with a client, that's a little bit of a team. But who's driving? The team leader's driving that bus. You're managing the process, but it's their bus. It's their purchase. And giving them that sense of autonomy and control in the process mm-hmm. so that you're coming into the process where you're really a part of it as opposed to coming in and trying. Sometimes people feel like we just want to check in and help. And if we're not careful, sometimes it feels we don't want them to feel like we're pushing them to do right. a transaction because that's not what this is about, especially not for somebody, for an agent like you, which is, well, I
1: think when you're, when you have an opportunity to have a buyer appointment up front and set and manage expectations, instead of being on the defense throughout the process, like clients randomly sending you homes and being like, can you take a look at this? What do you think the comps would be like? Then you're drawing up comps for every single listing that they think has A little potential, and it's hard to gauge what they like because it's all in different emails as opposed to one place
0: on one platform. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, um, on so you've got the buyer side. I mean, relationships is really your key, and you've really I think a lot of us sometimes forget the importance of being of being engaged with clients and not just looking at them as transactions. On the other end of that, I know you've got. you're really great with listings, and I think you've got a great listing presentation. What is your strength, and how does your what is your listing? Well, before I ask you that, everybody, forgive me. Let's learn what your buyer presentation looks like, or your buyer appointment looks like, and then let's learn what your listing presentation looks like. So when you set up a buyer appointment, how does that conversation go, and how does the meeting go?
1: Um, OK, so when I set it up on the phone, like when they- However, is that how you set I, it up? I, like, I let them know. This I is your buy Right. We're going to get together. We're gonna to have, you know, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna build a search, and I'm gonna share some technology with them. But in order for us to make the most sense of our time together, I'm going to introduce them to either, you know, to the banker if they're gonna get a loan, and I'll make sure that they have all their ducks in a row before we even have that real meeting. So I'm in a way like dangling a carrot oh, like smart. technology, but I'm not giving them access to our search. And then when we're together, they're like, oh, this is great. And they get really excited about it. So when we are together, yeah. I mean, they've usually sent me their pre-approval and their financial statement at, before the meeting. So I have a sense of, like, the direction that we're going to go um, so smart. when we're in person. But yeah. um, I try to pick either a restaurant or a coffee shop that's not too loud. Yeah. And setting that we're comfortable and where we don't, you know, that we can have a real conversation. Yeah. And um, I also – like to, you know, I, it's very natural. Like I, I do either bring my iPad or I did get um the newest iPhone and that really makes a big difference because yeah. oftentimes we're we're sharing a screen and that's another thing. Like when, how often do you, or do you allow your partner to hold, like to hold your cell phone in their hand? Right. Well, it's all the so time. intimate, right. right? To have somebody else's cell phone in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. But when I'm,
0: so when it's we're like going whole through world. It, just, it's like more than their purse because it is their Yeah, purse I mean, now. It, it, people don't share their cell phone. It's like, oh, wait, yeah. you don't know what picture. I mean, like my different.
1: husband's cell phone, but not. Yeah, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, exactly. So like right off the bat, we're all holding each other's cell phones and it's like and it's really, um, you know, it feels very natural. And um, awesome. I also take that opportunity to, I, I you know, get more information from them, like their mailing address or their birthdays because. You know, I like that's part of my unique marketing, like the really birthday cards or, you know, sending flowers. Keeping it personal is what you're doing. Keeping it personal. So um, because it is personal. So that's what we'll do. We'll build the search together and go over collections. And then um, they'll end up going out on their own the first time. And then I try to be with them on the second time once they've eliminated things.
0: Perfect. That's So really the the buyer appointment is more of just meeting them and showing them the technology and how to use it. Is that kind of how? Yeah. And
1: then like being able to really understand them in person and, and talk understand about them.
0: And understand yeah, yeah. and get to know them. Now, what about your buyer brokerage agreement? Do you ever, do you, my what? You buy, so we call it buyer brokerage. So do you engage in a contract where they engage you as their agent or, and it, cause everybody's got a different
1: take on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually, I ran into, it's funny you asked because I've never it's it I've never heard of that here. Um until Well and that's yeah. A girl a girl from my boxing yeah. gym. I was um, gonna say I don't think you have that in New York. Right. No, we don't have it. No, but I she thinks she signed something with this other agent like a year ago and I'm like, mm, I don't know. She thinks she might have, but um That's so
0: funny. Yeah, that's so funny. Happened? We have those here and a lot of people don't use them. Some people do use them. It just, you know, it depends. Everybody does it a little I bit differently. I think it's so personal,
1: like if somebody doesn't want me to represent them, I don't Ex- want to represent them. Exactly. If I'm in your home, and we're not we're not vibing. Like I don't really want to be in your home. You don't want me in your home. I don't want to.
0: Exactly. Be in your home. I think a lot of people feel. that. I mean, there's a lot of different, a lot of different schools of thought about that. But I love I love that. Um. So tell us about the listing presentation. How does that look?
1: So that's um. There's a few things there. I mean, I also I use technology in it as well, and um. I think being transparent with my seller and building a price together um building a price together i like the way you put that you know like instead of coming in with a price like this is my recommendation i'll do the same thing essentially i'll build i'll show them I'll, i'll build a collection of comps on yeah on the app and i'll share it with them and i'll go through and i'll talk to them about it do you think that this home should be should trade for more or less than yours and they're gonna, you know, mm. and we'll build, we'll get to a price together. We'll get How to a How well does that
0: work? Together. Do you ever have people say it
1: works really well?
0: Do you ever have people say no? This house should be this house should be less, and it should be more.
1: Why? Because then we could open up the pictures, we could look at the finishes, we could look at the views or the like or the footprint. I mean, That's we could, it's so awesome.
0: smart. And so many people. I mean, I I don't even do it one by one like that. I kind of like well, build the spreadsheet, be, and whatever. Because if you're be
1: emailing back and forth about these things, or if you're leaving it to them and they're doing their own research. And they're giving you feedback. Yeah, they're giving you feedback. You can't really. It's it's not yeah. very common for real estate agents to respond to feedback and be like, no, I disagree over email. Or, you know, that but when you're wrong. discussing it in person, it's different. Um, and on the marketing side, I'm really not. You know, I I I don't hold back. I'm not scared to have fun, and um, you know, I'm really I can be really quirky or cheesy or penny. And yeah. I realized that that works really well um, when marketing a home. So how many, you know, e-blasts do agents get a day? So coming up with like really quirky um, subject lines. Love that. Act. Yeah. The way I explain to, to my sellers is the more, the nicer your home photographs, the more people will click on it. The more people click on it, the more people walk through your front door. The more people walk through your front door, the more money in your pocket. So. Well, oh,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, not only that, but you talked about doing quirky things because so many emails come. It makes me think about are you familiar Are you familiar with Seth Godin? He's a marketing guy. He wrote the book The Purple Cow, but he has this. Oh, you got to Google Seth Godin. He's great. So he talks about he's a big marketing guy. He's got a blog that's one of the most read blogs ever, and he doesn't advertise it. He doesn't track it. He's just who he is. It's just anyway, but and he's really quirky. But he wrote a book called Purple Cow. And purple cows, like you know, if you're driving through the country and you're driving by lots of farms, you're gonna see lots of lots of cows, and
1: right. you're not
0: really gonna notice any of the cows. They kind of all start looking the same, or they kind of do look the same to most people. But if there's a purple cow, you're like, oh wait, a purple cow. So talking about marketing, because everybody, the traditional marketing is trying to get trying to get whatever you have in front of everybody. But when you're in the in today's age of 2019, and everybody's seen everything. Mm-hmm. How, is you, how are you going to make sure you're, what you're selling stands out? Yeah. So that's, well, the way, right. or that's a great example of getting attention and getting more traction on your listings.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm very, like, I always think slow and steady wins the race. So even though I get a listing present like an assigned exclusive on Monday, that doesn't mean I'm shooting the listing on Tuesday. You know, yes, Getting the like listing that. ready, coming up with a marketing plan that works. Um, we're, doing the we're doing a proper launch. We're doing it pre—you know—people uh, don't buy homes, and yeah, you know, and there's always an exception to the rule. But I think yeah, proper launch is really important. Yeah. and then make sure it looks. I really think proper important. launch
0: is key. Proper launch is a big part of my marketing and my listing because if you don't launch it properly, it's kind of like the foundation of your marketing
1: and where mm-hmm. you know, and the success of it in the in the long run ultimately. And um, there's also you know. Sometimes in New York, in the buildings, you get a lot of nosy neighbors. So I also like to do a little, yeah. like, pre first open house, open house for the for buildings. But so all the nosy neighbors Smart. can come. And see. You get to meet the people
0: on the board. You know, it's all, it's all and good. And just for them. So now they actually feel special as opposed to disregarded.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I don't have to worry about one of the neighbors distracting me while there's real buyers in the apartment.
0: Interesting, and you know, I wonder too. So I think I find people, and I think that's changing and improving, and I think compass and how we do business has a lot to do with it. But you hear about, you know, statistics statistics of real estate agents being kind of in a lot of people's minds on the same level of say, a car salesman, or kind of just sleazy. Not that car salesmen are terrible, but kind of that same, you know, perception right. people have. And when and when, you know, I I know sometimes like people are like, you know, people talk about realtors and people are two different things. Or I've even been in occasions where someone doesn't know me yet and I'm meeting them as the realtor and they like talk to the other person but won't talk to me. So and I sometimes I'm like like I know I'm like the realtor, but I'm also a person. But I love that about what you and it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes I kind of catch that. But back to you it's like making sure, like doing these open houses where you invite the neighbors. Obviously, it's great lead generation, great relationship development, which you're so good at. And in that relationship development, it's reminding everybody that the listing agent that listed the property isn't just a listing agent. She's Sherry Matlock. She's an awesome girl. She's a great person. And oh, by the way, let's use her when we sell our house and or our condo or apartment, as you say, in New York. Um, so I love it. No, that's awesome. So you have any fun I'm- stories from that or know what were you say? Um
1: from those pre-built, well there's I guess um I do have one I do have one from that there's this one building in Flatiron that um that's right by our HQ it's literally around the corner from headquarters and I've had I have my third listing in that building right now in the past two and a half years so it's been and it's a small small building and it's a small self-managed building so I know every single person on the board at this point wow um that when i sold one the the my last sale in that building um, it was the first time that a seller had met i asked at the listing presentation are you meeting with other agents she said yeah she wouldn't tell me who but they were from compass so i didn't know who they were and her apartment was a mess i mean it was 750 square feet three huge dogs she'd been there for 35 no. years oh yeah. my gosh it was a lot you know it was a lot <laughs> and um but I you know, and it was a lot. So anyway, she, she ended up hiring me. Um, I, we partnered up on this. It was teamwork. Um, she agreed to clean and paint and swap out the backsplash, backsplash, which can make such a big difference. And I agreed to stage the property. So we launched it a couple weeks later. And I was, um, you know, I did, a, again, a proper launch. I took a picture of myself on this big uh, ladder, and there was this huge, you know, there were 13 foot ceilings in this apartment, and so my whole um, campaign there was like taking it to a whole new level because it was in front of this bookcase. Oh, it's
0: so awesome! And
1: yeah, cute, and it worked. And um, and I did the launch, and then so and then two other women from Compass that I really respect and I I know well came up to me after and like congratulated me on the listing and explained that they didn't have the same vision when they were in their meeting with the seller. Like they're like I. Just one of them said something to that extent, like, I don't know how you did that or how you got her to do it, but I didn't see what you saw. Because I ended up getting uh, multiple offers on that. We sold it for the full asking price. What a great and, story. Uh, yeah. At that time, because I did the pre-launch open house within the building, I, that's yeah. when I really got to know all the other neighbors. And they made another seller that, you know, my, my current listing, they made her list with me instead of the other person. It's they, awesome.
0: They,
1: reason but so it was great it's been
0: my you know I love it I love it so I love how not only from your clients and the people you develop relationships you kind of develop you even take your properties and really individualize them the same way you do your clients which talk about your competitive edge I mean there it is and it's just digging deep into who you are and what your skill set is so I've got like five more questions. Two are kind of your experience and the lessons you've learned that I want to tap into. And then we're going to do our final three. So on those two questions, number one, what about your career are you most excited about and or most proud of? Um, Oh, that's
1: a good one. What am I most excited about? Um, I guess what I'm most excited about, especially right now, is that um, I recently partnered with another amazing agent at Compass. And so the two of us are in the process of rebranding and building a real wonderful team and getting um, some really great agents to join us. And I'm really excited about the opportunity that we have working together because it seems to be, it is a really good balance. And it's um, somebody that I've really looked up to in my career as well. That's Awesome. And what am I most proud of? Oh gosh, um, I mean, competitively, I'm really—I get my, my mom and I are pretty competitive, and so I'm—you know—it feels good when I outsell her in some ways, which Love I don't. It. Yeah, We're always like kind of neck and neck, but she's like my idol, so. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, even this morning, she's like, where I had a closing today. Where are you at now? And I'm like, Oh wait, hold on. Let me count. And she was like, "Never mind," And hung up on me. (laughs) Um, but that's great. And then, but yeah, I think, um, I mean just, I've become that, that real estate expert in my network. So I feel it feels really good when, um, when I get referrals from my previous clients, when they come back to me, and. Or um, referrals just feel so good. I'm so proud of the business that I built from my client.
0: So now, the tough question what, but this is where, you know, we all learn like where we really grow is where we, where problems look like problems. And when we find opportunities and problems, that's what we really grow out of. Do you have any examples of challenges in business or problems you've come across that because you saw it as an opportunity? it turned into one and how that happened and how it turned into opportunity or just your biggest lesson learned in the business might be an easier
1: way to answer that. Um, okay. So I think uh, my biggest, yeah, I guess uh, one of the biggest lessons I've learned in this business is to not bite off more than you can chew, mm. especially when you're already a little full. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Because, because of the way that my business has been built through referrals, I find myself all over Manhattan and parts of Brooklyn, et cetera. But, um, in some cases, and and so we don't really do the whole, some people now I understand a neighborhood expert and I do have expertise in some neighborhoods, but I'm still able to go outside of those neighborhoods and feel confident that I'm adding value. Um, but it's better to work with other agents. I've learned a lesson that it's better to work with other agents and partner up sooner.
0: Yeah.
1: Instead of, you know, investing that time with the customer. And that's so true. So much time in. And then, you know, that's, I know
0: so many top agents too, like doing 150 plus million a year, young agents who built their business that way. They came in and they knew how to generate the lead and generate the business, but to ensure they not only won it, but learned to, to accelerate their learning and their career, partnering up with agents to do that. So there's, that's a great example. Yeah. So our final three, number one, what is, everybody knows my favorite book, but I'm not, I'm going to be disciplined for at least a few minutes and let you tell yours first. I love to use the opportunity. But what is, um, what book would you most recommend? What book have you read that has most impacted your
1: life and your business? Um, I think I mean, it's, it's a little untraditional, but 365 days of thank you, of gratitude or thank you. Blanking along, That's it's awesome. It's, it's this great book about this man that was in a point, you know, in a really low point, And he spent every day he wrote a thank you note to someone. And I love after, it. it's amazing how, you know, it just kind of and there's so many we as real estate agents, we constantly have. 365 balls up in the air like yeah. we're the center of people's largest decisions and we're also the center of their you know frustrations we're a punchy, like there's yeah. so many things that go on so this yeah. book really taught me to kind of look at conflict or um frustrations or not you know like obstacles as an opportunity to grow and be grateful for something else that can help you move forward and so is it
0: 365 days of gratitude or 365 days of thank yous
1: I want we'll to say it's gratitude. We'll
0: figure it out.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Got that, Isaac? Okay, so... It's one of the ones that they recommended in
1: the Ninja Selling
0: calls. Oh, like. Ninja Selling. Every, we hear a lot about Ninja Selling. Okay, so yeah, next... days
1: of thank you.
0: 365 days of thank yous. So yeah. next, is there a tool that you have found, whether it's a compass tool or another tool or a CRM or any tool and not your phone, that you have found most impactful in your business?
1: yeah the compass app (laughs) which one just the app with collection yeah the app is amazing because the but collections really collections is yeah yeah
0: the compass uh, collections was kind of glitchy in atlanta at first so i just cut it out and a few days ago i started using it again and i'm like oh my god i love this This it's great but i mean and i've spoken
1: to a lot of agents that don't have their search connected to the app well as well as we do yeah Uh, and look there's as we're a tech firm as well so there's always and the, we're constantly yeah. improving there's exactly. always going to be a glitch it's just a matter of us our mindset as we take it on like if yeah. i'm in front of a customer Where everything
0: improves so quickly buggy, and so fast
1: yeah yeah i mean but if it's a little buggy then you know it's just, it's, it's natural we're always improving on it and it's just going to happen um but
0: is there really, i love it yeah
1: have the, the search set up with it but still using collections for that Pinterest element, like mm-hmm. process elimination and visualizing listings and, exactly. um, you know, it can be really helpful. Okay. That, I, I don't know what I would do without collections. I'm starting I, to feel that way enough. I used to email yeah. links and Excel spreadsheets. And, and then like, you please can't please
0: track it and you yeah. Okay. Last one. Okay. If there's one thing, if I'm going to forget, or everybody listening to this is going to forget everything, but one thing in this interview, what would you hope that would be that we would remember?
1: I think, um, if you're not having fun, you're probably doing it wrong. I, I it like it, it when it comes to like buying and that's what
0: gives you your ability to connect and market so well, by the way, I would say,
1: thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think like with my buyers, I mean, I will ask those uncomfortable questions I'll, you know, ask the neighbors in the elevator, what's up with the, how they like living in the building. I'll go outside the box for my, for my buyers the same way that I will for my sellers and I'll, I'll keep it fun. I'll keep it fresh. And, at the end of the day, it's such a big decision. It's the biggest transaction that a buyer's making. It's the biggest yeah. asset that a seller's letting go of. Like, it should all feel good. And if it doesn't feel good, then it wasn't really meant to be. Awesome.